My friends, we're back for episode three. Let's jump in because this is going to be a juicy conversation. Today, we'll be exploring if the COVID pandemic is pushing us to rethink whether a traditional four-year college degree is the best path for us to take after high school. And Dr. Lanisha Adams is here to help us make sense of all of this. Dr. Adams, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Quentin. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're here too. And I just love how we got connected on LinkedIn. I read your profile and your background is so interesting to me. You own a coaching and consulting business that helps individuals choose the best learning environment, whether kindergarten students or those pursuing their PhD. And while I was reading your profile, I noticed that we have a ton of connections. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We both attended uh, the same grad school for a master's at Columbia Teachers College. Our education was funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, and we're connected to a lot of the same people. And I noticed that you've gotten a PhD from the University of New Mexico. You lived in New York City for your master's at Teachers College, and you are from Cali. I read that you went to California State University for undergrad. So with all those connections, I'm surprised, Dr. Adams, that we haven't met sooner. (laughs) The stars didn't align for us to meet sooner, but now here we are. (laughs) Yes. By the way, what city has been home for you during the COVID pandemic? Silver Spring, Maryland. So just right outside of D.C. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about whether college is the best investment of time and money especially as companies like Google are hiring folks without a traditional four-year degree and is offering six-month career certificates that cost about 400 bucks, as opposed to more traditional college degrees that can cost thousands of dollars and take years to complete. And these new Google career certificates are for careers that are averaging about $75,000 a year as a data analyst or project managers and so forth. And so are you finding that more and more folks are questioning whether a traditional on-campus four-year college degree is even necessary to get hired for well-paying jobs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I find is folks are really, um, they don't think that that's going to move the needle for them. And also with the cost and affordability um, and time, right? Like with college, you need to devote, um, a lot of time to in your schedule to take the classes when they're offered. That's like the priority because you don't get to choose that. And then you have to manage that with whatever else you've got going on in your personal life, family members and so on. Maybe they rely on you. Then you also have the other, um, a lot of folks work. So your work schedule, and if you're uh, an hourly employee, maybe your schedule shifts more frequently than someone who's salaried where you have a consistent schedule day to day. And so what I find with some um, individual clients is that uh, when they're thinking about, okay, I want to advance my career, I want to get out of where I'm at, or even young people, I want to go to college, but it just doesn't fit my life right now. And I think um, those are really key questions of like, how do you, how do you do it? What's the value add? Um, You know, is it going to give you what you need? How do you also manage going and taking the classes and maybe it's going to take you six years instead of four. Um, and like, that's okay. But like planning and thinking like long-term about this is, I need this credential 
for a particular purpose, what is it or what might it be? And then how can I plan for success as I'm trying to eventually get to the next place? with that credential. I've been thinking a lot about one of those Google career certificate programs myself, but I, you know, my caution with over-promoting short-term training programs is that, you know, the research still points to the four-year college degree as being one of the most reliable pathways to economic success or wealth building. And somewhere near Silver Spring, Maryland, um, in Washington, D.C., there's a, there's a little-known school called Georgetown University, and they have a center (laughs) that put out a report basically saying that someone with a four-year college degree, uh, the bachelor's degree, will earn over $2 million throughout their lifetime. Um, But the reality still stands that many students who grow up, as I did, with a limited income background are doing all the right things to get to college, but then they end up in certain colleges that don't have the resources to keep them there. And there are just way too many stories of first generation or rural or black and Latinx students taking out twenty or thirty or forty thousand dollars in student loans to go to college only to not graduate with a degree because of funding issues or because they are on campuses that lack a real commitment to supporting first generation or less wealthy college students. So Mm -hmm. we were both financially supported by Bill and Melinda Gates to get a college education. Do you think you could have afforded a college degree without taking on student loans if you did not get the Gates scholarship? So I, like many other Gates scholars, actually have student loans. Um, The the scholarship initially was um, supposed to be last dollar, which meant... um, whatever the university didn't fund you, they would give. I was in the second, I I got the scholarship in 2002. I believe it was created into the year 2000. And it's, you know, a 10 year scholarship of funding. But I went to a state college and they didn't really understand how to treat my scholarship. And so they packaged me with loans and I didn't know anything about that because my parents didn't go to college. (laughs) My dad didn't graduate from high school. My mom had me when she was in high school. So I had teen parents who who aren't going to college. No one could tell me like, look at this financial aid package. And when you're going through and reading everything, you're like, okay, well, I read about college. Everybody has, you know, getting into some form of debt. This is normal, Mm -hmm. but it's not normal for somebody who has a fully funded scholarship. So that's like, you know, I had to learn that the hard way. And then the year I went to Columbia, they changed the scholarship. It was no longer last dollar. It became, it had a a max, right? Mm. And um, that max, I kind of, I couldn't afford really. So I had to supplement a lot of my income with, um, a lot of that scholarship with income. And then on top of that, I was deathly afraid of being one of those traditional students who went to school young, right? Going to school, getting all this knowledge and no real world experience. And so essentially I decided to work throughout professionally. So I started my professional journey very early because of necessity and also because economically I need the money and my jobs at McDonald's, Starbucks, um, other little coffee shops, I had two or three jobs when I was an undergrad carrying a 21 unit load. That's nuts. Right. Like who runs around doing that? Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, you know, it's like the struggle was really real for me. And um, I, I'm forgetting your initial question, but I had an immediate like knee jerk reaction to the loan thing because 
I had funding, but I had to supplement with loans. So I'm still paying those loans back, by the way, right? Mm -hmm. Because I did 10 years of schooling and working and all of that. I got my PhD five years ago and I'm paying it back slowly now. I only got a little bit left, but you know, I'm hoping to be there by the end of next year. But that's a long journey and I didn't really understand or know. But my point, my major, major point is for a lot of us, we have to get into debt to get out of poverty. Mm. And that is not the American dream. I'm sorry. It never was 30, 40 years ago. It shouldn't be today. And for a lot of us black and brown folks, that's what it means to go to college. You have to get into debt to get out of poverty eventually, because the reality is, yeah, you know, I'll get, I got the degrees and all this, and I could be employed by someone if I wanted to work for someone else. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to work for myself. Um, And like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to build that into like something that's viable, sustainable, profitable without an MBA or a business background. (laughs) Mm. So I have a lot of challenges there, but the, you know, it's like, we, we really have to, I think, the major sort of frame that I want to put us in is we really have to think about college in the context of career and what is that degree going to do for you? And I don't think it's good to knock the, so one, one idea, right. could be you go, you don't go to college and that's fine. Go out and work, but pick a professional job, pick something that you can grow in advance in like, Uh, project management. Maybe you're doing more administrative tasks. And then when you're at the place, they want, they see that you're crushing it, you're young and you want to do stuff. And then you ask them to pay for you to get some kind of credential. And that could be a certificate that's respected in a field. Mm -hmm. So the project management um, certification through the uh, PMI, uh, the Project Management Institute, that is very well respected. Most people, when you have that, you, you can go make you can make tons of money right and you don't need a four-year degree for that you could um, advance throughout your career get the years of experience really become a professional and um that would be a good way to go because when you get hired by the google you can go by the googles of the world you can go and say they might say to you wow we see you have these skills and you need to uh, scale up more in these other areas you might need a, a to get a BA. And then you can do that on the side or part-time or whatever and have your company pay for it because most companies, they pay for you to go to school. They'll give you professional development monies. So I don't think that we should be thinking about it in the context of for this step first, this step second, this step third, because that's the traditional old way. We live in an agile 21st century world. So the more out of the box thinking you can create for yourself, the better you'll be. And that, that, that's what I would say. But we need to think, where do you want to go with this? Whatever you're going to get, whether it's a bachelor's or certificate or whatever, and what kind of career, not a job, but what kind of career, vocational calling are you going to live with? And mm. let your, your work can't be your life because work is only 25% of our life. So how, how are you going to be whole more importantly than the money? Right. How are you going to be whole? phenomenal way of putting it. And you talked about starting your career journey early and you talked about this new 21st century world that we live in. And you and I and many of our friends listening to this podcast know that a decent amount of jobs that will exist in five to 10 years don't even exist today. So for someone listening in to you right now, who's let's say an 18 year old or a 20 year old, or 
let's take it even further. Even those who may be raising a family in their 30s or their 40s, how should they plan for the future with so many unknowns about the types of careers that will exist in the near future? Yeah. So I'd say put knowledge of self at the center of everything that we do. And when I say knowledge of self, I don't mean build out your ego, right? I, I mean, really come to know who and who you are, what motivates you, how do you learn best, what are your values that uh, you know you enact in your life. And um, there are tons of assessments, values and action survey, that's free. Um, you can go to my website and take that assessment and get a report. There's a learning styles assessment. There's Gallup Strengths Finders. There's Myers Briggs. There's all these right different assessments that we hear about. But I think the the main takeaway is get to know who you are and how you work with others, and also how you learn. Because once you identify your strengths in those areas, you can see where the weaknesses are and use the strengths to help you build up your weakness weak areas. Right? Because we're we're in the the further along we go, we're going to have to do a lot of self-teaching. And with self-teaching, you get into tricky points. And when I get into a tricky point in the real world, I collaborate. I'm like, who do I know that's really great at this? Because that's their strong area. And I got to go talk to them. And then in order to share, right, I have to bring something to the table. So I'm calling you for advice, you know, like, whether it's a professional context or a personal context, there's a there's a reciprocity there, or at least that's my value in the world. <laughs> Things should be reciprocal, not tit for tat, but like I respect you and I value you, and um, that requires reciprocity, right? Mm, um, right. Two way street. So I think that that is at the heart of it. But I also want to say about career, I have a very um, I haven't written about this, but I, I think about this a lot in terms of career development as a process and not a one-time event. And um, I talk about it in terms of five major components, right? It's iterative process five. Knowledge of self is at the center of it. You have to explore your options. So you got to be like kind of like a little mini researcher where you're constantly looking at industry trends, occupational research. Maybe you didn't know about uh, project management or user experience research, which is kind of a new field, right? UX um, as a thing. Like I didn't know that if I study, I have a friend who's an anthropologist, they are now doing user experience research in Silicon Valley. Um, and like, and that's a career, right? Mm. We, but when they were studying anthropology, they didn't know that that was a, a possible thing for them to do. So constantly looking at, at um, options and all this, also looking at it in terms of, um, evaluation like what's the money what kind of wage could you earn that's livable what do you need what is your living wage thinking about money taking action so constantly thinking about things in terms of smart goals and and all of that and maybe working with a coach to like motivate you to to get you to the next place and then lastly um having a futuristic focus where you think about yourself in as a brand and you brand yourself according to your uniqueness and remember that that will change. So me at 20 is different. The Lanisha at 20 is different than the Lanisha pushing 40. Right. Right. Um, So just being aware that this process is lifelong and at the heart of it is you, you're the agent of your change. So Mm. how might you, you know, modify it? What do you like? What do you love? What what don't you like? Um, And, and you use that to, to figure out, 
um, where you might go next, how you might navigate your journey. You know, some folks like to think of having a college degree like having, let's say, car insurance, right? <laughs> you know, you, you may not need it, but just in case you do, you have it. Do you agree with that kind of thinking? Actually, let me re-say that in a, in a slightly different way. Should folks still make plans to go for a traditional four-year college degree or maybe two-year college degree to be on the safe side, to have the college credential to help navigate this changing, rapidly changing job market? I would say, um, I would say, I don't know. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of like, ah, I don't want to say no. I kind of am like not a big fan of that thinking just because I think it's, the frame has to be different. So yes, I wholeheartedly, thousand percent think a college degree is useful whether you you think you're going to use it or not. However, I think it's more important to get out into the real world and interact with people. And there are some college degrees that don't really facilitate that as much. Um, now, I don't want to go into disciplinary, you know, biases and all this, but I, I do want folks to hear that. Like, um, and I also think the humanities are underrated. Uh, I have friends at Airbnb who were crushing it, killing Snapchat. And in the world that we live in, where content is so valued, um, folks need to know how to write and how to think about things philosophically. And, you know, um, the, uh, I had a friend who would say underwater basket weaving for, you know, if you picked a humanities degree and like how it was devalued. But now that's really valued because some of those skills and ways of thinking really are, um, you can go into a company and really make a ton of money and you'll be different from the folks who didn't pursue that. Mm -hmm. So I see it from that side. However, how are you going to do that if you aren't interacting with the people who are at those companies? And most of those humanities folks, the professors, they're not interacting with industry people to network you. So how would you do that? You would only be able to do it if you knew people over in this context of industry and you're at the university um, and, or you have one foot over there in the industry and you have one foot at the university. And that's how I've done it. That's been my frame. Now there with technology, there are ways to, to sort of, you know, make that come together a lot more. But the thing is, is that, you know, how many people are going to really be less afraid, you know, reach out to someone randomly on LinkedIn and say, Hey, I saw, I see this when you're 20. I mean, you know, you, you, that's a skill. That's not, right. not most people aren't just going to go out and do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because um, even before the pandemic hit, you know, the majority of jobs somewhere around 63%. So two out of three jobs require some form of education beyond high school, whether a certificate or two year, four year. But one of my main concerns is that there are high schoolers or even adults who may have had, a really bad series of experiences with school. Um, and so for them, just the thought of continuing their education beyond high school feels like more of the same. So what advice would you have for those who've gotten a bad taste for schooling? Do you think online learning might be a solution to help them get the needed skills to be successful in the world of work? Um, my immediate bias is if you had a really negative experience uh, in schooling, and you feel stuck and you're not sure, reach out to a coach. Somebody, anybody will always talk to you for free. 
um, and they'll motivate you to like shift your frame, shake your frame, shake you from your frame and say, hey, like you don't have to be stuck right there. That professor so-and-so was wrong for that, you know, <laughs> or mm. that particular institution didn't really see you, right? They didn't, they didn't really value you. And so, there, but there are a ton of others that, that do. Um, that's my immediate response because I'm constantly doing that work, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then like the other part of what I would say is, you know, maybe um, if you feel that pursuing a degree, you hear my, my son uh, Davidson in the background. Totally great. Um, he's two and very eager to interact constantly. That's exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you feel like, you know, you want to um, pursue this degree and it's something that's really itching at you. Like I have a, my cousin, she, um, she works at target and she does stocking or whatever at target. And she's always wanted to do something in the medical profession, but she has three children. She can't just drop everything she's got going and, and go back to school. I mean, that would be a luxury and she would crush it if she could do that, but she can't. So um, what she did was she signed up for classes at the community college to complete um, uh, one of the certificate programs for medical billing. And um, she's making her way through that. And th like, there's a medical billers test, like, a, you know, you do for that field. And um, once she's finished, she can work at any company that does medical billing and um, shift her career, right? But she's doing it in the long way because, you know, she has a family, she's young, she, she you know, she has to manage a lot of different things. But to me, that's like amazing, right? So you might be on a path where you haven't achieved it. So say you finish high school and you don't go to college and five years have gone by, but that doesn't mean it's too late. It's never too late. You can always go back. You can always, uh, we have cars, you can put them in reverse, flip it and reverse it, you know, like yep. anything, right? <laughs> As Ms. Yeah. says. Hashtag is never too late. I love Hashtag it. Hashtag is never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. So I want to, I want to wrap up with imagining life beyond COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Good or bad, this COVID craziness has hit the reset button in, in employment for a number of different sectors. What are some things that folks can do right now, today, or unless until the, the economy is back up and moving forward to skill up and become prepared for this new world of work, which seems to be moving into more flexibility and more virtual engagement. Yeah. Um, I think Linda L Y N D a um, on LinkedIn uh, is free. They have a ton of free resources. Check that out. Like find all the free resources. Um, uh, Google and Flatiron, the Flatiron school um, have resources that you can, like, you can get a certificate program and check it out. But there are a ton of uh, free things, like from General Assembly, if you more want to get more into the tech industry, um, or there's tons of things related to the medical industry, like the medical billing, medical coding. Um, the community colleges, uh, which are often overlooked, uh, have tons of, of certificate programs that are affordable for people. There's, there are grants that you could get as a local person living in your community. Um, there's so many like really cool local things that we often overlook that I think would be really great. And more importantly, if you're on LinkedIn, use that as a way in, to reach out to folks. And I think people don't think about it like it's a site, it's social media, but there are professional people there and go there. We use it 
for professional purposes. One of the professional purposes that folks totally underutilize are um, is informational interviews. So, you know, you can reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm interested in this. I don't know that much. I see from your profile that you used to work here, you work there, and you have this degree. I don't have any of that, but I, uh, I have this strong interest and I'd love to hear your story. Who wouldn't want to hear your story? <laughs> I mean, you know, like if if, it, if I was receiving it, I'd say, "Hey, I'd love to talk to you." You know, like in between nap time and all the fifty thousand other things I got going, but I'm happy to to connect. You know, like constantly. Um, and so I think, like, just remember to humanize all of the things that we are doing, even though we're in the midst of extreme change. Things are so unknown, but there is something about us that we know that we all know to be true. We're humans and humans require connection. So just let's go back to the basics. You don't need an internet connection for that. Um, And, you know, now you just need a mask if you're going to do it, (laughs) you know, in person. (laughs) But I mean, I think that that's, that's what's key, like for me and as I see it. And, And I just want people to feel encouraged to know that if you reach out to somebody and they don't reach out to you, you can go to the next person because someone will respond eventually. <laughs> you mm. have to be persistent. Yes. Um, but I think talking to people is very, like the people who are in places that you may want to get to, or even if you don't see yourself there, just talk to them and listen to their story and they might give you a golden nugget of some information that you wouldn't normally get. And mm. that's valuable too. This has been a valuable conversation, Dr. Adams. I appreciate you for being on today's show. If folks wanted to find you online, where can they go to connect? Yeah, absolutely. They can find me on edlinguist.com, on my website or Twitter, any of the handles um, at edlinguist, and that's E-D-L-I-N-G-U-I-S-T. All right, there you have it. I appreciate you. Thank you again. And I look forward to meeting you in person one day and hopefully someday soon. 